go. Hey, this is Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach and author of Just Say Yes. You're listening to the Varoom Varoom Vareer Show with your host, Jeff Smith. Let's roll. I like it. Wow. It's like a pro. <laughs> what Very, a pro. <laughs> what a pro. All right. I'll be, I'll be right back. Okay. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Chaka, thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going? It's good. Thank you so much for having me today. You are very much welcome. And uh, so where are you in the world today? Again, tell me one more time. Today, today. For, a limited, for a limited time period. For a limited I time am, only. Yeah, I'm in Guadalajara, Mexico. Guadalajara, Mexico. And there's yeah. a song, I think it's by, who did that song? That that's not the one I'm thinking of. There's a there's a oh. classic rock song, uh, and I think it's I don't know. I'll have to look it up, but it's like Guadalajara will do something like that. Oh, you, I didn't know that. you don't know that one, huh? Yeah. Now we'll both have to look it up. I think it's Steely Dan, and it's one of those. Uh, it's so old, nobody cares anymore. But. <laughs> I have a friend who's a very big fan of Steely Dan, actually. Really? Yeah. Yeah, we can't say Steely Dan too much because people know what it means now, and it's kind of uh, oh, inappropriate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going to have fun. Sweet. So let's talk a little bit about all the different things you've got going on. So you started out saying, I've got a, a – uh, wait, wait, wait. You've got a – podcast the traveling introvert and that's sort of like you found me because i had cat rose the creative introvert on yes. my show which uh, i just need to tell you it's always scary when an, an introvert asks to be on my show because it's like oh i'm gonna have to work a lot harder <laughs> pulling teeth <laughs> right yeah a little yeah right that's exactly what i think of i i don't think it's gonna be that hard with you i think uh, i think you uh you know how to do shows because you have your own podcast, but it's a little uh, scary to begin with. Okay, so you are at thetravelingintrovert.com. Talk, talk a little bit about what you talk about on your podcast. Um, so this podcast, it's been in the works for a while and it's taken this long to sort of do it. Um, basically, it's talking about three main topics. Uh, business, uh, traveling, and being an introvert. And sometimes they're combined. And this is because uh, I work online. All the, the, the work that I do is online, apart from when I give workshops in person. And uh, I'm an introvert and running my own business. And that has led to some challenges and also some successes. Uh, so I talk about that. And there's things that are people, that the myths that go on about working online, you know, the picture of sitting on the beach with your laptop. Right. Not a thing. <laughs> Wi-Fi uh, stinks on the lap uh, on the beach, right? I mean, right. where how where are these people getting signal from when they're and working on the beach? If you really care about your laptop, you don't put it near. The no, beach. it's sandy. It's just wrong. It's just wrong. Uh, Maybe so the pool would be okay. With a drink. With obviously. a drink, yes. And then yes. you know all that work you're doing is very <laughs> alcohol induced, right? <laughs> So, um, so I just, it's, it's very short. It's like five to 10 minutes. So there is one episode that came out recently that is like a whole story about me at a wedding. Um, okay. but it's just bite-sized little pieces about my, my life. Um, and it's also because I travel a lot. And so people who are, are close to me, this is one way of them keeping track of me. So <laughs> where I, might be. I like it. Okay. That's good. It's fun. So, but you've got other things going on. So like, the uh, the onion uh, uh, the you keep peeling uh, Janice and it it just keeps going and getting more interesting. So uh, you've also got this website called mytripquest.com. So talk a little bit about what you do on that business. Wow, um, you have done your research. <laughs> yeah, so this well. one is 
I, I travel a lot, but I travel for fun and it's mainly not for business. It's <laughs> fun one of those and profit? Things, okay. Yeah, basically. Because right. people are always like, is it business or pleasure? And it's kind of like, I can yes. work online. So, yes. yeah. That's the <laughs> it's pleasurable yes. business. <laughs> Why does it have to be one or the other? So, um, what ended up happening is I helped a couple people with their, their travel plans and then I helped a couple more people with their travel plans. And so, in the concierge way, it's a case of what I have is, is some packages where we can look at flights for you and for various destinations if you have a big thing planned or I can find you like hotel reservations or uh, restaurant reservations, cooking classes, unusual things to do in certain cities, um, mainly because I, I've traveled there a lot and or I have friends there and connections. And gotcha. so okay. What I found is there's a couple of groups that this appeals to. It appeals to uh, digital nomads and executives who just don't have the time, can't be bothered, aren't interested in, in getting details about those things. Mm. They have more money than time, probably. They have more money than time. Right. And <laughs> also those who have techno fear, so uh, a, right. a later generation who are not tech savvy and all of a sudden they see like orbits and and this thing and and, and all these different sites and mm. and then google flights which mm. doesn't really lead you to the website that you need to book and when you do the flight price changes and it's all very mm -hmm. confusing and overwhelming for them yeah and so it's much easier just to pay me pay me like a set fee and i find their flights and then they just they just book it or i book it for them on their behalf oh nice uh, so that's that's so that's, what that's that, the best that. way for a business to happen right Yes. Right. Because then you're not wondering whether or not people are looking for that service because you already know <laughs> people need this. Service. People are asking you to do it. Right. <laughs> so all you yes. have to do then is ask them for money. <laughs> exactly. That's the exactly. way all businesses should happen. Right. Yes. There has to be a need first. Yeah. Where, you know, and you, are you familiar with uh, Derek Sivers? No, tell me. Okay, so Derek Sivers is now like uh, basically retired 20 billionaire, no, 20 millionaire. Um, but basically, he, this was all back in the day when there was still CD music. Mm -hmm. So what happened was he was a musician and making music, and he wanted a way to take his music and <clears throat> put it online, right? So he would make a CD and make a, a cover art and then post it to this web website and then people could buy it, right? It was basically a very basic website to sell his own CDs, right? And then mm -hmm. his friends that were other musicians were like, hey, could you do that for me? And there, and he's like, uh, I suppose, right? I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it was kind of just for me. So he had to figure out like this quick, easy business model. So he went to a record store and he saw that, you know, the record store was letting like independent artists like sell their CDs there in the store. And, nice. and, and, and he just asked, he said, OK, so what do you what do you charge to, to the artist uh, for each CD sale? And they're like, eh, they have to come in and pay like a setup fee because mm -hmm. it's a little admin for us to add them to our tracking system. Yep. And then we we get like a flat four dollar fee per sale. So for every CD they sell, we get four bucks of whatever they charge. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay, that's my model. <laughs> <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done. So he goes home and he does the same thing. And this becomes CD Baby. And you can go look it up. And then, you know, mrop, it becomes a thing. He sells it for $20 million and moves to Thailand or where is he Wherever he is right yeah, now. Yeah, wherever he is right now. Now he's the uh, wandering, roaming, uh, philosophical rich guy. <laughs> oh, those guys. Yeah. Oh, those guys. <laughs> but he's amazing. He's a really good dude. But, you know, that it was just like your business. It was like he didn't like go out and do a bunch of market research and think, oh, what do people want? No. <laughs> he was doing a thing and people asked him for help. And then that became business. I think that is like the most organic way for a business to happen. And that's, that's amazing to me. I like that. That's a good story for me. So I'll tell it a gajillion times. So you've also <laughs> got this thing where you... So let's let's back up because we're going to talk about your jcglobalservices.com. But before we do that, let's talk about Janice. And I don't think you're from Mexico. You don't sound like a native 
of Mexico. So it You've sounds, never heard me speak Spanish. You don't know. I know you speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> I could have a great accent. <laughs> you could. You could. Uh, and later on, I'll speak some Spanish, but only for humor. So okay. it'll so just know that that it's it's intended to not sound good. It's intended to be funny. <laughs> I will laugh at the appropriate time. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're, we're working together now. So you're from uh, I'm guessing somewhere in the UK. I am indeed from yes. somewhere in the UK. Yes. So I lived in the. Uh, have you ever heard of a place called uh, RAF Lakenheath? Yes. Okay. So I I lived there. For about three years, kind of. Oh. And then I worked at a, a place called RAF Feltwell, uh, which is just up the street uh, in this country road from RAF Lake and Heath. But anyway, so I spent some time in England. I uh, I was on, you know, all the motorways and had beans for baked beans for breakfast. So uh, I, and you can't get crispy bacon no matter how often or how hard you, you plea, they will not make your bacon crispy. <laughs> we have more bacon to deal with. That's why. Right. It's different. It's not the same kind of burnable nope. fat <laughs> that we no. make here in the States. It's actually got meat, meat. in it. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. Uh, but anyway, that's one of the things I miss is uh, bacon and cheese baguettes and a, and a nice pint. At a pub. Okay. Anyway, right. so where where in England and or the UK were you uh, were you born and raised? I see. That's the thing. Those are two very very different questions. Yes, they are. Because <laughs> most people are very much like, "Oh, you're from England, London." No. Right. Um, right. And also, I lived in about seven different cities, so I wasn't really raised in one place, and that's why my accent is very neutral. Gotcha. I've been told. Right. Right. Um, very few people know where to place it. I've had one person when I was interviewing them, they nailed it and it was a little creepy, um, <laughs> to, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, I hope they were from England or somewhere in the UK. No, no, no they Whoa. weren't. They, were they just American. have a really highly tuned ear that is yes. creepy. Ooh. And they didn't just nail it like sort of a state but they or, or like a county. They were very much like, it's kind of like here or here. And I was like, Okay, did you stalk me? Like, very few people know that information. <laughs> All superpowers are scary, let me tell you. Yeah. yeah, right. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I lived in, uh, like I said, about five or six, seven or eight different places. So, wow. um, no specific. Where are you from? It's like every England. 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 Yes. yes. Great. So, where was, like, just pick one? Favorite place, Turkey. Okay. Turkey? Did you say Turkey? Turkey. Oh, okay. So that's a place in England. Yes, down south by the beach. Wow. It's, actually, it's called the English Riviera. I've never heard of that place. <laughs> I didn't get around much, I guess. So that's like uh, uh, the coast, the southern coast of England? It is the southern coast of England, yes. Lovely. All right. So, okay. So how? what was your childhood like? You were moving around a lot. Um, and then I take it you go to university and you study what? Wow, that is very presumptuous, young man. Well, I'm guessing. <laughs> so I don't know, <laughs> do I? <laughs> I did not study. I am one of those wonderful people that did not study. Oh, and, wow. Excellent. Um, I, I, gosh, my, my little life. Uh, I was a dancer, actually. I was I was a semi-professional dancer back in the day. Wow. And okay. Then uh, I worked for casinos. Okay. Uh, which is a very male-dominated industry, and I did every position from uh, croupier to training to cashier to pit boss to wow. uh, ended up being a HR manager eventually after leaving and coming back. Um, one of the few women that that did it actually back yeah. then. And this is all uh, in, in England? This is all in England, Wow. Yes. My goodness. Uh, See, look. Oh, yeah. I had I no did, idea I, they had such a big casino scene in, in England. Um, they, they, they do a very small but uh, well-connected, everyone knows everyone, community. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, but, for example, in Torquay, there was two casinos. And Torquay's tiny. Um, okay. In Bristol, there was like three or four casinos. Now, I've heard of Bristol. That, yes. That's a place I've heard of. Yeah. That's pretty too. I used to live by uh, Clifton Suspension Bridge. That was that was nice. Mm. That was pretty. Think if I visited Bristol, I may expensive. 
Yeah, expensive. <laughs> yeah, it's actually yeah. more expensive. Can yeah. be more expensive than London, depending on where you are. Right, right. Wow. Cool. Okay. So this is where you eventually, so you start out as a dancer and you work your way through all these positions. And then did you have like a, a sort of like, you liked doing something related to HR? No. So what happened was um, I'd left the casino business for a while and gotten a, what you would consider to be a day job, um, temping for, uh, okay. for various reasons. And it so happened one of my managers from Torquay was moving to Bristol um, because MGM uh, were opening, <laughs> attempting to open a new casino, the break into the uh, British casino industry. And they were looking for an office manager. And so I applied for the position, not really thinking I was going to get it because I'd only been in an office job for maybe six months. I, I didn't have real experience. Right. Uh, but but I have a bunch of casino experience. And they didn't realize it was me until I walked in and then everyone's like, oh, her, yeah, everyone, we all know her. Um, <laughs> seen her before. And so astoundingly, I got hired for the job and looking at like other people who had applied because then I, you know, I have access to files and there were so many more administratively qualified people. On paper the, qualified kind of, yeah. On paper, but, the casino world's a different kettle of fish, generally speaking, from you. A, the hours are not – I mean, I was allowed to work nine to five during the day, but it didn't really make sense because I didn't see people. <laughs> so you can't really do HR and not see people. Yeah, so yeah, okay, right, because casinos run 24-7 kind of thing. They do away in, in the States. They don't in England. Oh, okay. Yeah, nope. Nope. No. And also back then there's no tipping as well. And we have to get a license. That's the other thing. Um, mm. Every casino person in England is licensed. There's a whole background check and security check that goes on. Mm. And a lot of people don't realize that, I think. And um, no, so that, you have a lot of that makes sense. to jump through. Yeah. To, I just to moved to Las uh, Vegas, so I had no idea <laughs> you had anything to do with casinos. So this is a whole new kettle of fish. Again, I said kettle <laughs> of fish. Uh, um, because now I'm learning like – the because you know like visiting las vegas as a as a visitor and then moving to las vegas as a local mm -hmm. this is like you have no idea what you know it's like as soon as you become a local all the behind the scenes things start mm -hmm. start really taking shape like um when and now i've never been really all that into gambling um especially in in um in the bigger casinos, like some okay. of the neighborhood casinos, um, you can play blackjack and it's just like fun and friendly and people are smiling and laughing and nobody's really all that concerned about winning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're more there, you know, like they think Pass the time. I'm passing time. I'm spending a little bit of money. I'm, I'm, you know, having fun. And there's these neat new people that I'm meeting. Whereas in the, like the bigger casinos, it's like, if you don't know how to gamble to win, you don't even want to sit out. <laughs> no, you don't. You, you really you shouldn't. You know, yeah. right. You really shouldn't. Or warn people and say, like, maybe could you guys help me out? And then the people that care will get up and walk away or they'll say, <laughs> find another table or, you know, just warn them, you know, that yeah. you really don't know what you're doing and you're yeah. just there to have fun. Or go find another casino. <laughs> It depends on the table. There's definitely, especially blackjack, specifically blackjack. Right, there's definitely you, people who are like, I want my table. Do not mess with the cards. Just just don't. Yeah, because it's like they're going to say, you know, they're going to give you these looks like you know what you're doing and, and you just screwed them over. But you don't yes. really. Right. Yes. <laughs> Why did you take my card? What, what are you talking about? Yeah. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. So anyway, I learned yeah. that. And then the, um, the thing about tipping in in vegas is um really weird um i don't know if you've experienced you probably haven't maybe you visited las vegas but if you're here long enough it's like if you don't tip like people that you wouldn't normally think should be tipped or traditionally ought to be tipped then you're going to get like cold shoulder service and this applies like everywhere. <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right, good to know. <laughs> Just don't make it your regular joint. Well, the thing with tipping is, like I said, in England, it wasn't a thing. And being British, we don't, <clears throat> we understand the tipping culture. We don't necessarily agree with it, the way it works with the service industry in the United States. 
No, I'm with you. No, I, I and I, I, I'm totally, uh, I get where you're coming from. It's like that whole, um, remember the movie Reservoir Dogs? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly that. It's like, ugh. Anyway, you know, so, here we are. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one it's, of those things. It's the pool you swim in, I guess, is, is what's going on with that. But okay. it also makes it difficult for for foreigners when they come and visit and they oh, don't totally. know about the tipping culture because right. then they get the cold shoulder and they don't understand why. Right. Well, and then I know the, um, like my wife is from Japan. So yeah, and, there you go. And they have like classes for Japanese people about how to tip the right way. And oh, they, and they want to like tip correctly. Right. Well, yes. But they also they want to do things correctly. That's yes. their thing. And they also don't want to be considered cheap ever. That's a thing in Japanese culture. You can never, never, ever sell anything with the word cheap in it. Because, you know, yeah. So the, uh, I think the, the people here know that and they're kind of like wanting to, you know, take advantage <laughs> of the fact that they don't know how to tip appropriately, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, what are you going to do? Such is life. There you go. Let's move on. So, okay. So now you've got this HR job. And so is this sort of like something that you learn to enjoy or you start, you like it right away? I'm trying to get like uh, this <laughs> HR thing. There's very few people who go into HR willingly. Right. But generally right. what you find is most people are like, I don't know what happened. It was an accident and I'm here. And it's the same with me. I was in casinos and then they paid for me to do a HR course. So this was the thing in England. And really it's the same in the States. And I'll tell you why. You can do a degree in HR, but then you still have to get certified in HR. And as I was saying, I didn't do the degree part. I just got certified. So I was still earning more money than those who'd spent four years doing the degree wow. it's kind of like what, why why do the degree yeah and the same thing in the states you can get a degree in hr but then you still have to pass the um certification which i now help develop um in the united <laughs> states so it's like well i don't have a degree in it i just have 13 to 15 years experience so that's that why works. i get to do what i do right, right. Um, wow 13 to 15 years experience in anything means you're like an, a master Right. Yeah, but it's international. So the thing is, um, so yeah, I got into HR by, by accident, uh, right. HR and training, uh, which was fun. And I did that in the casino world for a bit. And then um, Hurricane Katrina happened. I spent some time in the States helping people um, with their taxes just because, you know, they lost everything, including like the social security numbers and evidence of stuff. And wow. so that was a tough, tough time for people. Yeah. And so I, I helped out there. And then I ended up uh, in Mexico. Um, you what? Did you say that again? I ended up in Mexico. Oh, you ended up in Mexico. Okay. Yes. And I was working. I was teaching English because that's what you do. That's what a lot of people do when they, they come to Mexico. Because <laughs> sure. it's the quickest. Back then, I don't know now, but back then it was the, the quickest way to get, oh, you know what? I lied about my HR experience. If I've been here for 12 years, then I have... A lot more experience than I thought. Anyway, so... That's okay. It's okay. <laughs> more, you know, if you lie uh, downward, then it's then it's, it means you're being like a... What do they call that? Like a modest. timid, modest. There you go. <laughs> Introverted. Um, Introverted. And so... Uh, so you're in Mexico. I'm in Mexico. And you're and teaching I English. English, yes. Now, at this point, uh, did you already speak Spanish or did, are you learning Gosh, Spanish no. at the same oh. time? Okay. And even now, I don't consider that I, I speak I speak okay Spanish. I can okay. get by, but right, right. Uh, I've never been good at language. I'm good at verbal, but writing, forget it. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Right. And um, I was teaching in a big corporation okay. and teaching, and teaching English, English. And right, okay. And they were opening what they called a HR department. And the, one of my students said that I should apply for the position. And But it was really, it was recruiting. It wasn't HR. HR is so much more than recruiting. Right. Um, but they said it was a HR thing. And so, but it was for recruiting, which was fine because it was for recruiting in the United States and they needed, you know, English speakers. <laughs> So, so you should be doing it, right? I should be doing it. <laughs> and so I got that position, which was which was fine. And you're in Mexico uh, and you're working, doing recruiting in Mexico, right? Yes. Okay. Corporate. Gotcha. Corporate, yes. gotcha. And it's a Mexican company or? it's No, it's an American company. It's an American company in Mexico. Yeah. And they're recruiting for positions in Mexico. Oh. No, in the United States. Wow. 
Wow, I like this. This is fun. <laughs> okay. Some people will not like it because it's technically outsourcing and yeah, yeah, gray areas. Interesting. It's technically outsourcing? Well, yes, because this big American company could be hiring American recruiters to recruit in the United States. Instead, they're hiring people in Mexico. I get you. Okay. Understood. So. Yeah, yeah. Right. <sighs> it's, it's very like, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, you know, that's, you know, it's the pool we swim in. I, it is right I'm, now. I'm not going to complain about it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I did that for a while and it was fine. Um, what I realized was my, the, the culture wasn't a good fit for me. Um, the corporate culture. Not the, uh, well, bearing in mind I've been in corporate before because I worked for MGM. I was a manager in MGM. But right. then I, I come to Mexico and they are very a big fan of the, the degree. They need the piece of paper. Sure. So even okay. though I had more experience than my manager, I could not get anything more than an individual contributor position. Mm, gotcha. And even after five years, I still couldn't get because more you, than you, because Just because you didn't have the degree. I didn't have the degree. Gotcha. That was one thing. And then the other thing was they're very much – and this isn't a bad thing. This is just a me personal thing. They're very much – in your business, they want to know every little thing about you. Mm. And also, for example, for birthdays, they would decorate cubicles, which is great. And they would come to your desk, your entire department. Um, some people you don't even speak to. And they would come and shake your hand, eat your chocolate. And then you'd have to go for lunch with everybody. Wow. And as someone who, A, doesn't speak to everybody and B, like spending their birthdays by themselves um, or doing <laughs> something they enjoy – it's a little overwhelming. And from my point of view, yeah. and um, it's not a, a slur, but from my point of view, it was just a little fake. I don't speak it's, to you for yeah. 364 days of the year and, and, and then today you come in to say hi. Mm. But yeah. it's tradition and culture for them. Interesting. It, wow. <laughs> it, that sounds very much like what they do in the military. It's like they pretty much don't ask what you want when, you know, they want to uh, celebrate you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're celebrating. That's all you need to know. That's right. That's right. We're doing what the machine does to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nobody asked you me what I wanted. Doesn't matter. Shut up and like it. <laughs> I'm with and you. The yeah. Flip side of that was also in a different department because I, I moved around a bit. I did payroll. I did recruiting. I, I wanted to learn more about the different areas of of HR. And uh, a different department because I learned about sales was the back end of sales, not the front end of sales. <laughs> never the front end of sales right. was that everyone went on vacation together okay ooh yeah and for me that was not that's no, not good that was not happening that no. was not a thing now you're now you're really in the Borg collective <laughs> and, and <laughs> wow they they, they're all over you on your birthday they want to go yes. on your vacations with you oh my goodness I don't and think then, I could have taken that for more than a couple of years uh, yeah. Well, it was it was okay. I, they already knew by this point that I was not one of them. <laughs> right. So to speak. You're only sipping the Kool Aid. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm You're not. not yeah, gulping. fully. Right, right. Yes. Okay. And so there was another time when our team lead was holding a barbecue, and they gave like last minute notice, and I didn't go. Little did I know I should have gone because that was the barbecue where everyone who goes gets better treatment than those who don't go. Let's just put it that way. Wow. But I'm like, it's Friday. I have other things that I want to do with my friends who I actually enjoy spending time with. But yeah, yes. yeah. Wow. This led me, this and lots of other things led me to thinking about doing something different. Right, um, okay. I, it wasn't that I wasn't happy, but I was asking for work and I wasn't getting work. Oh, because then I got pulled back into recruiting. I'd forgotten this part. I got pulled <laughs> back into recruiting. But this was good because I could work from home. Whoa. See, that's yeah. nice. Right? You can take a lot of crap if you get to work from home. And for an introvert, that's like the best, right? Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> for an extrovert, it's a, it's a huge challenge to work from home. I'm just telling you. Because it's like I have to like go to the casino where there are people just, just so I get, get herd exposure. That's right. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if it's – I don't even need necessarily interaction, maybe a little. Mm -hmm. I just need to be around other people, yeah, whether I talk to them or not. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. Anyway, right. I digress. <laughs> 
So well, the thing is, at this point, I hadn't really figured out I was an introvert. Oh, okay. All right. I, I learned late in life. And gosh, it, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I got to work from home. It was awesome. Take a, take a pause. Yes. From the story and, and tell us now how you describe what life is like being an introvert. What's it like? How do you describe it to other people? Uh, what does it mean to be an introvert? Because it means different things to different people. And there's myths that go around that word, like you're shy, you're, you know, ornery, you're all these negative things, right? That people think about when they, when they hear the word, but it's not that. And it, it's actually more like a hidden superpower. So describe it in your own words, what, what being an introvert means to you. I'm so glad you brought that up because wow. I'm mad with the Cambridge Dictionary right now because they literally put introvert equals shy and awkward. And I'm mad oh about Oh, my that. God. <laughs> so really? Okay, that's officially wrong. About that. Uh, Oxford. No, it was Cambridge. Oxford's oh, Cambridge. kind of okay. It's actually Cambridge. Cambridge, you're wrong. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're probably going to come at me, and I hope they will because I'm – yeah. So the introvert. No one is necessarily specifically introvert or extrovert. We right. do go along the, the siding scale depending on what's going on in your life or the situation. Sure. But generally speaking, being an introvert would mean that you get your energy from quiet time, alone time. Um, being around a lot of people for an extended period of time drains you. Right. Mentally, physically, wow. sensorily. Yeah. And so the way that you recharge and and um, de-stress almost is by quiet time or alone time or time with one-on-one -on -one with a person. We're very good one-on-one. -on -one. Right. Um, we, we listen a lot. We're empathetic. Um, Just we not take in it a all big group. In, but a big group for an extended period of time. Like we can do uh, – An hour, uh, or two, uh, three. Yeah. Yes. But then we'll go home and like need a quiet space for like a, a day to mm. – to, uh, for example, I, I helped a friend. They they sell um, records, vinyl records, and they we were at the biggest record fair in New York a couple weeks ago. And I, I help out for the day, so he gets to go and buy records while I sell his records for the for the one day. And it's it's uh, eight hour gig, and afterwards I'm just in the car, and he's like, "Yeah, okay. I'm just like just." Just don't talk to me. Just yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't like you or anything. Right, it's just right. I, I'm 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 done. Drained, right? Drained. Yeah. And that was because it was a lot of people. But we're working in a casino, for example, because many people would think that as an introvert you can't work in a casino. But I was the person that only dealt sort of to the high rollers. Like okay, those were the people. So it's more one on one and efficiency. Mm. Oh, oh right. real good at that. <laughs> okay. So, um, in, so in your in your flavor of introversion, you're okay mm -hmm. with the onesie twosies. Onesie twosies the small is okay. Groups. Yeah. Yes. Actually, I might have some some like you said. I think nobody would like label me introverted or an introvert, right? But I know that the introversion spectrum is in me, because when I go to like these gigantic. Uh, I guess they call them business networking events, you know, where oh, there's just like, like thousands of people walking around, handing them your, handing you business their card. business card and trying to figure out if they, you can help them make money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right? glad you're honest about that. Yeah. Well, I, I, it doesn't take long to learn, right? Cause <laughs> they, they only want to spend like 20 seconds per person. If <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Those are exhausting. And I don't want to go again. <laughs> I, I don't want. To, I don't want to play that game. Uh, so, and I'm. If I had to choose, I think my uh, interaction model would be campfire. Ooh. Right, where people are just like it's a small group. Um, you know, there's a focus, there's a circle, and people are sharing and telling stories and laughing, and I love that. <laughs> I like that metaphor. That's really interesting. Yeah, right? I think, and so, now, I, I also, if I'm on stage, I feel very much at home. I don't, you know, a big audience, mm -hmm. and I'm talking and telling jokes and more or less just being natural and sort of like impromptu or extemporaneous, you know, and Ooh. just, I know it's a big word, sorry. <laughs> Um, 
but I have a, a hard time. Like I tried to write jokes once and do like stand up way back when, when I was like 19 or something. Mm-hmm. That was really hard um, because it was like, I thought I was like required to just, you know, like almost like read the joke. Ah, <laughs> I, I, yes. you know, I've learned that if you want to do prepared material, it doesn't just come out the first time. You actually have to work it, right? Mm-hmm. You have an idea and then you write some stuff down and then you try it with an audience and then tune it and see what works and then practice that. And I think I could probably do that. Uh, it just feels like a lot of work. <laughs> when, yeah, it's when, not your flow. It's wrong for you. Yeah. I would rather just get up there and just say, hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> This is what we're going to do today. Uh, We're just going to talk. What's going on with you guys? You know, something like that. Anyway. So, yeah. So I I get it. And, you know, it's amazing that you said um, what you said about the energy flow for an introvert versus an extrovert, where, Mm -hmm. like, the first time I heard that, this lady was giving, like, a little talk. um, And she said... uh, well, how I define introversion is an introvert can speak in front of people, speak in front of groups, do anything that an extrovert can do, but doing so draws energy out of them, where an extrovert is energized by it, right? Yes. And, yes. and, that, and that, I was like, oh, well, it's, it's, then it's just sort of like this um, polarity, <laughs> really. It's like, which way is the flow going? Yeah, solar, solar, solar panels or battery. It's kind of like, do you? Yeah, do you? exactly. Look at yeah. you. Look at you and your metaphors. <laughs> okay, that was awesome. Good, good digression and on almost on point. So, okay, so now you've got this work from home recruiting gig. Yeah, and, and that's going to lead somewhere else very soon. I bet. <laughs> so uh, it it did. So I I did it. And it was fine. They didn't really have enough work for me. And I'd ask for work. You know, I did the, I did the good thing. I did the good fight. I asked for work. And they were like, we, we, we have, you know, enough. But, you know, stop being efficient at it. And <laughs> I right. got bored. Oh, yeah. And then I was at home. So right. like if you're at work and you get bored, it's a different thing. But if you're at home, you're like, well, I can go and do this. So I right, can right. start that. It's way too easy to screw around at home. You're going to binge on Netflix and things like this. Easy. And so right. I ended up looking around for something else to do. While you're uh, working. <laughs> at your job, right? At my job. I was at my job. I yes. did my work. That sure. was fine. Right. After my job, I was like, okay, so now what? And I ended up helping out a company on LinkedIn. They didn't. They knew they had to have it, but they didn't know what to do with it. And so okay. I ended up helping them with that. Um, because the idea was that I wasn't going to do anything recruiting based because I was working for such a big company that anything that I did was probably like in some way, shape or form. Conflict uh, of interest. Yes. Yeah. So just the LinkedIn like thing was t- totally different. It's just helping a company with a LinkedIn profile. Okay. And then a different company approached me to do some to work on a project that was global and um, involved sort of being a project lead. Interesting. Uh, oh, wow. It, it's kind of recruiting based, but it was more like overseeing the project than like actual recruiting. So therefore, you know, you know, that, that gray area. So okay. it was the, the project. You're not actually well. doing the recruiting. You're yes. overseeing the recruiting. Yes. Gotcha. And, um, so I was still doing my full-time job. And so here's what happened. I ended up traveling a little bit more because I was working from home and I have friends in, in various places and various cities. Mm. And when I ended up taking this position with this this other company, and it wasn't a position, it was a freelance gig, right. um, with this other company, they wanted me to work full-time. And so th- you, you get that decision, like, what do I do? Do I right, right. And security it's a of having gig. a salary right, right. freelance? No. Um, and so my thing because I went to the extreme, I worked my full-time normal recruiting job and this freelance gig and was traveling for a month just to see if I could cut it. 
<laughs> Testing the capacity, are we? <laughs> I, would I do it again? I'm not so sure. But, yeah. Ouch. Wow. Um, but I did it. And yeah. no, there was no complaints from either side. Uh, because for me, in my, in my view, it was, well, I know I have this salary thing. This freelance gig could be okay, but you never really – with any job, you start it and it's all like roses and then like a month or two months in and you're like, oh, wait. Right. Mm. right. All the cracks start. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I wanted to give it some time to make sure that what they were expecting was what, what I was going to deliver and what I was expecting they were going to deliver because the mistake a lot of people make is jumping straight in because you're like, well, I need the money and this is good and da da right, da da right, right. And then it's not really the right fit for you. Yeah. It's hard to tell, you know, uh, at the outset, you know, you really never know. It's, it's kind of a crapshoot. <laughs> there would be yeah. nice if there was like a way to sort of like uh, demo a job, right? That would be awesome. Like and even in the demo, it's like it's like dating. Like you always the nicest presented self for the first two or three dates. It takes That's a little true. while. To yeah. It. Like um, how long would it take to figure out whether or not a job's a good fit? Who knows? I mean, three months, six months. I don't know. A exactly. year. We don't have that luxury. <laughs> right. We don't have that luxury. No, so it would be that amazing. was my my thing to do. Right. When I realized I liked working from home, and then I realized I liked traveling, and so um, so that happened. And I worked for this this on this freelance gig for a long time. It was nice, um, but I grew, and the position didn't. In fact, it got stuff happened. Yeah, and um, and also you get lazy if you have a full time like freelance gig. You don't look for anything else because you have a full time gig. Right, right. Yes, I know. It's a very comfortable feeling. It's a very comfortable feeling. And as yeah. much as I was doing the HR stuff and recruiting, it, it wasn't really aligning with what I knew about HR, what I know about employees and freelancers, because how you treat a freelancer and how you treat an employee is different. And so many clients fail to realize this. Yeah. And they um, want to treat everybody the same, like an employee. And right. it's, it's not, it's not right. No, and no. It's also freelancers don't know how to onboard clients or how to, um, how to train your client. Um, right. They're, 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 or how so to say, artfully say no. No. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, the, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, you have to do it. I mean, because you don't really want to work with those people that just want to, you know, make you do their bidding, basically. That you have to have somebody that uh, respects you as a uh, tech expert, right? you know, an expert yeah. in your field. And, uh, you know, if they just want somebody to order around, if they, they actually want an employee, <laughs> right. Which means you have to pay benefits and all that other stuff that right. you're trying to get out of. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I ran yes. into that in the massage world when I briefly worked in the massage world mm -hmm. where this spa owner was, you know, essentially treated everybody like an employee, but they were in, in, you know, air quotes, a contractor. Right. <laughs> um, but you know, as the, as the, you know, person with the job is like, well, I want the job. <laughs> right. I want the money. I want the money. I want the job. So it's like, you don't want to argue too hard, but eventually you just got to get out of there. I think is the and answer. It's, yeah. It's a learning process. And I think that a lot of uh, people who are, you know, doing the side hustle and wanting to, to start their own business, they're just happy to get a client and, I'm not saying it's the wrong way to go about it, but it makes your life that much harder and your learning curve that much longer. Right, right. So, yeah. okay, so then you're now, it sounds like you're transitioning into the freelance world, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, and where yeah. are you? Are you doing all of this in Mexico? Is this all happening in Mexico? I am, but like I said, but I But you're traveling too, okay. Yes. Um, so do you have a base or are you just living out of suitcases and hotel rooms and stuff? Uh, I have a base that is full of suitcases. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, the person I live with actually has more more stuff, like, put away in closets than I do. Okay. <laughs> like, all my stuff is in suitcases or in laundry bags, like, freshly laundered laundry is, like, sitting around. Right, right. So you are officially now uh, a digital nomad. So you you travel lots. I travel for the fun of it. Um, right. And I didn't realize Digital Nomad was a thing until a couple of years ago. And so, yes, I fit. I sort of fit into that. A lot of Digital Nomads would say I don't because I have a base. Right. Um, okay. People get picky about that sort of thing. 
<laughs> but I work online and I'm at my base maybe three months of the year. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, that, that counts for me. I mean, right? Yeah. So, so these people, uh, I'm, you know, there's purists everywhere. They're, you know, whatever, whatever you come up with, they're going to say, oh, you don't count. Well, okay, whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can go play. I'm in your doing own me. Pool. Right. Exactly. I'm doing me. <laughs> exactly. Label labels are for you know labelers, I guess. Um, so yeah, I'm doing the freelance thing. And like I said, you, you get lazy. And I started looking for, for other stuff to do. And I ended up, and I think we talked about this at one point um, be, before the show, right. was about the charity work. So uh, yeah, I, I always used to do charity work as a, as a child. And I wanted to do it as an adult. Couldn't really do it in Mexico, language barrier and various things. Um, but I, I one year I just started to look for things that I could do online and the UN has a good site but it's a little disorganized and the companies that are there uh, are using it because it's a free service and it's okay. free volunteers and they they're, like, they're just not organized like I was working for one that they had uh, another volunteer in Guadalajara and I was like great we can meet up and it never happened because she just yeah um, so I <laughs> ended up finding this um, other charity called Be Peace yeah, and BPs is amazing. They, I like I, their their tagline. What what they, was it? More more jobs, less violence. Yeah, less violence. yeah, yeah. I love that. All about that. Yeah, and, makes and, HR seems. Oh, sorry, HR <laughs> 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 seems so much more uh, a a force for peace. You know, where you know, force for good. yeah, a force for good. I mean, like these folks that are like. Uh, upset about life in general if they had you know like money and food and shelter and clothes and netflix they probably you know be a little less, yeah, yeah they'd probably right. be a little bit more happy so i ended anyway. up helping <laughs> virtually mentoring um a, a company in guatemala um but their hr issues and that was that was that was nice it was nice to i've, I've always done sort of workshops or, or, or giving back but it was nice to this and is you very, did very that over Skype, right? I did over Skype, yeah. Wow. So you were on the road wherever you were, and then she, the business was in Guatemala. Yes. Wow, yeah. And you helped them basically figure out how to hire the right people for themselves, right? For yes. the business. Right. Because they, they had a thing that they did, and it wasn't working, so we, we tried something else. And, you know, it's a process. Not not everything works. Could you? Sure, you just you, try stuff. Yeah, you're just trying stuff. Yeah. Um, so that was good. And then they did a an annual. They have an annual charity event, and so I ended up helping out with that, mostly virtually. And then I actually happened to be in New York that day, and so I went to the event and and helped set up the auction. And um, wow. it was a really fun thing. And from that grew the point that I ended up last last year. Did we have it last year? The year before was running their auction for them, helping them run their auction. Okay. So I let the whole process of how a charity like sets up their auction, getting getting auction donations, uh, contacting people, setting it up on the actual day, making sure people get what they want. We did a live auction and a silent auction and a mobile auction. Wow. Holy cow. <laughs> Learned all of this and wonderful And you did all stuff. this over Skype? I did 90% oh, no, you, okay. of it. 90% okay. of it was wow. done virtually before the day and then the day was you were there all that, all that other stuff yes yeah. awesome yeah. sounds so like it a can blast. be done yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah yeah i could talk to you forever but i think we've been talking for an hour can you believe that <laughs> and i was worried a little you know introvert pulling teeth that whole thing so okay so your other site where you are now a i guess you'd say a um your HR consulting, right? Uh, JC, so site.jcglobalservices.com. So, so there you're consulting for uh, businesses that don't have, don't need, or can't afford an HR specialist. Yes. Okay. So, so that's, that's now you're not freelancing anymore. It's a business. <laughs> Yeah, it, it kind of happened. Well, I, I work with other businesses and other HR professionals. Um, but yeah, it's generally there's a lot of uh, entrepreneurs and or small medium businesses that like 
just like you said, don't need, can't afford a full-time HR person, but need the legalities and the help and the, right. and that's what I provide. Yeah. Somebody with the I certificate, know. not the degree. Not the degree. Yes. Constantly doing HR work um, with the HRCI. So yeah. Wow. It's a thing. Yeah. But that's not my main love. And this is the thing. I, I like HR, but what I discovered and like I said, I figured out I was an introvert later on in life. My, my main love is helping people. And, and HR, you do, but you are generally constrained by the company that you work right. with. And the laws and all those And all of those things. things. Yeah, yeah. And because I did a lot of mentoring in the past, what I realized was that I was mentoring uh, either women or, or introverts um, within their businesses, stroke careers or jobs to do other things and or just just work the system unfortunately right, um, right. to get where they wanted to do and what, what, where they wanted to be cool this has been a blast now we're gonna wrap up so is there anything else you 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 have to have the last word that the last word. you get the last word so what do you want what does janice want to say to listeners of vroom vroom veer ah <laughs> Don't let introversion define you. Let it guide you. There you go. Ah, oh, that's amazing. And if you're an extrovert, just shut up for a sec. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, extroverts and introverts work very well together. Yeah, I have an extrovert right. guy who's the sales guy. I just do the back end stuff. That's, and isn't, that's it, isn't it great to have him around so you don't have to do it? <laughs> <laughs> But then again, people people connect with me better one on one. It's it's very interesting how how I connect with people. I I find it fascinating. No, and like like you said, you know, it's like the one on one campfire scenarios. You know, either one on one or small groups. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's the way, you know, uh, God intended <laughs> for people to interact. You know, because you can see and you know get eye contact with everybody. You know, whereas, you know, the there's something impersonal about, you know, like just this room. It it becomes a one on one between crowd and presenter, you know, in any depends other. Depends how you present. I'm very much I ask questions. I ask okay. people to participate so you, when I okay. give speeches. And yeah. that, that can happen. You know, that's a little bit more work workshoppy where people yes. get up and talk back. See that that brings the campfire into the into this uh, into a larger setting, because mm-hmm. you're breaking it off and saying, "Hey, individual, talk." <laughs> well, it's my way of letting other introverts know they're not alone. Because right. mainly, I, I give talks on introversion, and they're like, "I feel this," and other people are like, "Oh, me too, me too." Yeah. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. that brings the camp, as you would say, that brings the campfire in. Yeah, this has been amazing, Janice. Thank you so much. I appreciate you uh, hanging out with me for an hour. You are very, very welcome, Jeff. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V-E-E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer.